Blog Talk Radio. Discipline, which you've already done, 
and consistency every day, not just on Tuesday and just a few days. You have to work at it every day. You have to plan every day. You've heard the saying, we don't plan to fail. We fail to plan. Hard work works. Working really hard is what successful people do. And in this text, tweet, twerk world that you've grown up in, remember, just because you're doing a lot more doesn't mean you're getting a lot more done. Remember that. Just because you're doing a lot more doesn't mean you're getting a lot more done. Don't confuse movement with progress. My mother told me, she said, yeah, because you can run in place all the time and never get anywhere. So continue to strive, continue to have goals, continue to progress. Number three, you'll never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. I'll say it again. You'll never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. I don't care how much money you make, you can't take it with you. And it's not how much you have. It's what you do with what you have. We all have different talents. Some of you will be doctors, some lawyers, some scientists, some educators, some nurses, some teachers. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Some preachers. The most selfish thing you can do in this world is help someone else. Why is it selfish? Because the gratification, the goodness that comes to you, the good feeling, the good feeling that I get from helping others, nothing's better than that. Not jewelry, not big house I have, not the cars, but the, the, it's the joy. That's where the joy is in helping others. That's where the success is. Finally, I pray that you put your slippers way under the bed tonight so that when you wake up in the morning, you have to get on your knees to reach them. And while while you're down there, say thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for wisdom. Thank you for parents. Thank you for love. Thank you for kindness. Thank you for humility. Thank you for peace. Thank you for prosperity. Say thank you in advance for what's already yours. That's how I live my life. That's why I am, one of the reasons why I am today. Say thank you in advance for what is already yours. True desire in the heart for anything good is God's proof to you sent beforehand to indicate that it's yours already. I'll say it again. True desire in the heart, that itch that you have, whatever it is you want to do, that thing that you want to do to help others and to to grow and to make money, that desire, that itch, that's God's proof to you sent beforehand already to indicate that it's yours. And anything you want good, you can have. So claim it. Work hard to get it. When you get it, reach back 
pull someone else up. Each one, teach one. Don't just aspire to make a living. Aspire to make a difference. Oh, what a great motivational speaker that was. That was our first artist for the day here, Mr. Denzel Washington. Denzel Washington is our speaker for this morning here regarding our, uh, as we uh, give thanks to our graduates. And, you know, he had some points there that were very, very, that were very thoughtful there. He said, now, setting goals. Now, you know, he said every day we ought to have some goals that we are setting. And then he goes on and says, set weekly goals. What are your goals for the week? Yeah, my goal, what is my goal for the week? Are you working on those goals? Young people, old people, all people, we should have goals set aside that we should try to achieve each and every day. And if you don't achieve it that day, try again tomorrow. Don't ever give up because he was talking about putting God first. You know, every everything that we do, we have to have God centered in everything that we do. I don't just get up in the morning. I get up with an intention to do something. I go out through the day with the intention of doing things. Sometimes I'm successful, and sometimes I fall flat on my face, but I still get up and I try it again because, you know what, Nothing beats a failure but a try, someone once told me. And, you know, sometimes we go through life and people tell you that you won't be successful. People won't accept you for where you are right now. And so be it. That's, that's okay. Don't just continue to strive. I recall in my own life how I met people that people didn't think very much of and come to find out they was the CEO and and an owner of companies and managed companies, hundreds of people. And if we looked at them, we laughed at them when we were younger. We didn't think very much of them, but now they're entrepreneurs, they're business people, they're lawyers, they're doctors. They're very successful is what I'm trying to say. So young people, do not let people steal your dream or your vision. Strive to do the best that you can do. Jeremiah says that God knows the plans he has for you to prosper you and to do you no harm and to bring about an expected end. We don't know how this thing goes in, but God knows. And I encourage you to keep your hands in the master's hand and let him work these things out. And and, and, and I was very encouraged by well, what Mr. Washington had to say. He said that putting God for this a man that's in the music, uh, uh, the, in the movie industry, yet he have all things available to him, but he said that he couldn't do anything apart from God. Young people. As you start the second half of your life, I encourage you to continue to keep your hand in the master's hand. Pray on situations that you may face. Don't try to do nothing on your own because you can't accomplish nothing without God. Your parents told you that. Grandparents told you that. And I'm telling you that, too, as a friend, as someone that has been to the fire and know that we can't do anything apart from God. You're listening to Free on the Inside podcast. That call-in number is 310 310- Nine eight two forty one twenty six, and we're gonna hear another inspirational speaker here regarding uh, our graduation. We want to uh, de- dedicate this uh, this program to our graduates, and so kick back and enjoy this portion, and we'll be back with you shortly. Like Microsoft works, y'all don't hear me. <laughs> I used to say like country music, but I've lived in Texas so long. I, I love country music now. I, back, yeah. I hunt, I fish, I have cowboy boots and cowboy... Y'all, I'm a black neck, red neck. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? No longer oxymoronic for me to say country music. And it's not oxymoronic for me to say third grade and drop out. 
that third grade dropout, the wisest person I ever met in my life, who taught me to combine knowledge and wisdom to make an impact, was my father. A simple cook. Wisest man I ever met in my life. Just a simple cook. Left school in the third grade to help out on the family farm, but just because he left school doesn't mean his education stops. Mark Twain once said, I've never allowed my schooling to get in the way of my education. My father taught himself how to read, taught himself how to write, decided in the midst of Jim Crowism, as America was breathing the last gasp of the Civil War, my father decided he was going to stand and be a man. Not a black man, not a brown man, not a white man, but a man. He literally challenged himself to be the best that he could all the days of his life. I have four degrees. My brother is a judge. We're not the smartest ones in our family. It's a third grade dropout daddy. Uh, a third grade dropout daddy who was quoting Michelangelo, saying to us, boys, I won't have a problem if you aim high and miss, but I'm going to have a real issue if you aim low and hit. Uh, a country mother quoting Henry Ford, saying if you think you can or if you think you can't, you're right. I learned that from a third grade dropout. Simple lessons. Lessons like these. Son, you'd rather be an hour early than a minute late. We never knew what time it was in my house because the clocks were always ahead. My mother said for nearly 30 years my father left the house at 3.45 in the morning. One day she asked him, why, Daddy? He said, maybe one of my boys will catch me in the act of excellence. I want to share two things with you. Aristotle said you are what you repeatedly do. Therefore, excellence ought to be a habit, not an act. Don't ever forget that. I know you're tough, but always remember to be kind. Always. Don't ever forget that. Never embarrass Mama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If Mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. If Daddy ain't happy, don't nobody care. But, you know, I tell you. Next lesson. Lesson from a cook over there in the galley. Son, make sure your servant's towel is bigger than your ego. Ego is the anesthesia that deadens the pain of stupidity. Y'all might have a relative in mind you want to send that to. Let me say it again. Ego is the anesthesia that deadens the pain of stupidity. Pride is the burden of a foolish person. John Wooden coached basketball at UCLA for a living, but his calling was to impact people. And with all those national championships, guess what he was found doing in the middle of the week? Going into the cupboard, grabbing a broom, and sweeping his own gym floor. You want to make an impact? Find your broom. Every day of your life, you find your room. You grow your influence that way. That way you're attracting people so that you can impact them. Final lesson. Son, you're going to do a job. Do it right. I've always been told how average I can be. Always been criticized about being average. But I want to tell you something. I stand here before you before all of these people, not listening to those words, but telling myself every single day to shoot for the stars, to be the best that I can be. Better not to be good enough if it can be better. And better not to be good enough if it can be better. Let me close with a very personal story that I think will bring all this into focus. Wisdom will come to you in the unlikeliest of sources, a lot of times through failure. When you hit rock bottom, remember this. While you're struggling, rock bottom can also be a great foundation on which to build and on which to grow. I'm not worried that you'll be successful. I'm worried that you won't fail from time to time. Person 
that gets up off the canvas and keeps growing, that's the person that will continue to grow their influence. Back in the 70s, to help me make this point, let me introduce you to someone. I met the finest woman I'd ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. Back in my day, we'd have called her a brick house. This woman was the finest woman I'd ever seen in my life. There's just one little problem. Back then, ladies didn't like big old linemen. The blind side hadn't come out yet. <laughs> they, they like quarterbacks and running backs. We're at this dance, and I find out her name is Trina Williams from Lompoc, California. And, and we were all dancing, and we're, we're just, just excited. And I decided in the middle of dancing with her that I would ask her for her phone number. She, Trina was the first one. Trina was the only woman in college who gave me her real telephone number. The next day, we walked to Basket and Robin's ice cream parlor. My friends couldn't believe it. This has been 40 years ago, and my friends still can't believe it. We go on a second date, and a third date, and a fourth date. Mm hmm. We drive from Chico to Vallejo so that she can meet my parents. My father meets her, my daddy. My hero, he meets her, pulls me to the side and says, is she psycho? But anyway, we go together for a year, two years, three years, four years. By now, Trina's a senior in college. I'm still a freshman, but I'm working some things out. I'm so glad I graduated in four terms. Nixon, Ford, Carter, Reagan. So now it's, it's, it's time to propose, so I talk to her girlfriends, and it's California, it's in the 70s, so it has to be outside, have to have a candle, and you have to have, you know, some chocolate. Listen, I'm from the hood, I had a bottle of Boone's Farm wine, that's what I had. She said yes! That was the key. I married the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen in my life. Y'all ever been to a wedding, and even before the wedding starts, you hear this, how in the world? And it was coming from my side of the family. We get married. We have a few children. Our lives are great. One day, Trina finds a lump in her left breast. Breast cancer. Six years after that diagnosis, me and my two little boys walked up to Mommy's casket. And for two years, my heart didn't beat. If it wasn't for my faith in God, I, I wouldn't be standing here today. If it wasn't for those two little boys, there would have been no reason for which to go on. I was completely lost. That was rock bottom. You know what sustained me? The wisdom of a third grade dropout. The wisdom of a simple cook. We're at the casket. I'd never seen my dad cry. But this time I saw my dad cry. That was his daughter. Trina was his daughter, not his daughter-in-law. And I'm right behind my father about to see her for the last time on this earth. And my father shared three words with me that changed my life right there at the casket. It would be the last lesson he would ever teach me. He said, son, just stand. You keep standing. You keep standing. No matter how rough the sea, you keep standing. And I'm not talking about just water. You keep standing. No matter what, you don't give up. And as clearly as I'm talking to you today, these were some of her last words to me. She looked me in the eye and she said, it doesn't matter to me any longer how long I live. What matters to me most is how I live. I ask y'all one question 
a question that I was asked all my life by a third grade dropout. How you living? How you living? Every day ask yourself that question, how you living? Here's, here's what a cook would suggest you to live this way. That you would not judge. That you would show up early. That you'd be kind. That you'd make sure that that servant's town is huge and used. That if you're going to do something, you do it the right way. That, that, that cook would tell you this, that it's never wrong to do the right thing. That how you do anything is how you do everything. And in that way, you will grow your influence to make an impact. In that way, you will honor all those who have gone before you, who have invested in you. Look in those unlikeliest places for wisdom. Enhance your life every day by seeking that wisdom and asking yourself every night, how am I? Oh, what a great word. Uh, what a great word, Tribal Graduates of 2020. How are you living? How are you going to conduct yourself in society? How are you going to do what you do and, and honor God and your family? I love the way the motivational speaker put it there. They said that you don't disrespect mama. You don't disrespect those in authority. You don't disrespect those that brought you and taught you. And, you know, as we go through life here, you're going to have an opportunity to uh, teach someone else. You're going to have an opportunity to pour, pour your knowledge into someone else. Don't disrespect them, honor them because they don't know as much as you. They might not have graduated uh, 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 at the high level that you have, but yet they know things that you don't know. They know about life, and life goes, uh, uh, a life experience is, is valuable. You're listening to Free on the Inside here. We're going to bring our co-host in in just a moment here, but we have another short uh, uh, words of uh, encouragement here as we uh as we honor our graduates and encourage them to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might, Amen. So, if uh, if you too can join in in this program by calling, I'm sorry, by calling three one zero nine eight two forty one twenty six, and now we have another young man that's going to come up and going to encourage us. I was in the seventh grade when Miss Parker told me, Donovan, we could put all of your excess energy to good use, and she introduced me to the sound of my own voice. She gave me a stage, a platform. She told me that our stories are the ladders that make it easier for us to touch the stars. So climb and grab them. Keep climbing. Grab them. Spill your emotions in the Big Dipper and pour out your soul. Light up the world with your luminous allure. To educate requires Galileo-like patience. Today, when I look my students in the eyes, all I see are constellations. If you take the time to connect the dots, you can plot the true shape of their genius shining in their darkest hour. I look each of my students in the eyes and see the same light that aligned Orion's belt in the pyramids of Giza. I see the same twinkle that guided Harriet to freedom. I see them. Beneath their masks and their mischief exists an authentic frustration and enslavement to your standardized assessments. At the core, None of us were meant to be common. We were born to be comets, darting across space and time, leaving our mark as we crash into everything. A crater is a reminder that something amazing happened right here, an indelible impact that shook up the world. Are we not astronomers searching for the next shooting star? I teach in hopes of turning content into rocket ships, tribulations into telescopes so a child can see their true potential from right where they stand. And injustice is telling them they are stars without acknowledging the night that surrounds them. Injustice is telling them education is the key while you continue to change the locks. Education is no equalizer. 
Rather, it is the sleep that precedes the American dream. So wake up, wake up, lift your voices until you patch every hole in a child's broken sky. Wake up every child so they know of their celestial potential. I've been the black hole in a classroom for far too long, absorbing everything without allowing my light to escape. But those days are done. I belong among the stars, and so do you. And so do they. Together, together, we can inspire galaxies of greatness for generations to come. So no, no, sky is not the limit. It is only the beginning. Lift off. Again, you're listening to Fairly Inside. Mitch, what a great, uh, what a great word of encouragement from a young man who graduated from Harvard University here. I don't have his name right now, but I thought it was very appropriate for us to hear something like that. That we were, we were born, we were created to be successful, be successful young people, be successful old people, be successful all people. And give it all up to God here. You're listening to Free on the Inside Ministry, and we have our co-host on the line, and we're gonna bring him in, and then we're gonna go back to uh, to some of our uh, 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 words of encouragement for our graduates here. Well, brother Daniel, good morning, brother Daniel. You're on the net. Good morning, brother Daniel. Okay, Brother Daniel is with us for right now, so what we'll do, we'll go on here with some more words of encouragement. And then again, like I said, if you know anybody that's graduating, please reach out to them and let them know how much you appreciate them. Let them know that God isn't through with them yet. Let them know that they are, that they are valuable. You know, as we, uh, as we put together this program here, we do it with the intent of encouraging men and women to be strong in the Lord and the power of my anything that we had done that was so great, but just because what God had done. You know, and God is awesome. He's awesome. And God is no respect of person. What he wants done for one, he'll do for another. So I want you to know, as you pursue your God-given talent, I'm talking to people now, young and old, let you know that uh, I want to encourage you that God hadn't forgot about you. Let you know that God have you just where he wants you. Let you know that God is always present and always available for you. And so you just have to let yourself be available for God. And it's a challenge, and it's a challenge, and it's a challenge. And so what we want to do, we want to just make sure that we're honoring God in everything that we do. Amen. So, again, as you go through life, you want to be very mindful that God is up to something, that God had done this right here. And that was Donovan Livingston that came to us, Donovan Livingston. And he spoke to us from, he's a graduate of Harvard University some time ago. And then he's also a professor over there, a young man now that's gone back to where he graduated. Now he's a professor now. You know, so young people, where you started don't mean that's where you have to finish yet. So go ahead and be successful and do the thing that you need to do in order to be achieved. And here we got another young lady here that's going to come on here and she's going to share with us some things. And I'm saying that there because we bring them on and we just want to encourage our young people to be strong in the Lord. Let me be frank. I am not going to stand up here and give you the traditional hallmark version of a valedictory speech. Instead, I'd like to offer you a different kind of speech, one that discusses expectations versus reality. Many of you see me standing up here and assume that, that my life must be pretty great. My parents must be very proud. 
Nevertheless, I think it's important to note that those are only half-truths. Those are the expectations. My reality has been quite different. On July 11th, it will be exactly six years since I moved to McKinney from Mexico City where I was born and raised. When people see me standing up here, they see a girl who's deal-bound and who seems to have her life figured out. But that, that is far from the whole truth. So at this time, if I may, I'd like to convey my fair share of realities. Unexpected reality number one. At the age of 11, I was nothing more than a girl with an abusive and alcoholic father who had to depend on her mother's strength. A girl whose only dream was to someday become an American. A naive girl who thought that moving countries would solve all of the problems in her life. Unexpected reality number two. At the age of 12, I was faced with the, ha the task of having to embrace and fit into a new culture. Oftentimes, my intelligence was questioned due to my background. I was also faced with the task of giving up a part of my childhood to help raise my little sister, Andrea, while my mom worked from morning until late at night. School became my safe heaven because despite not having internet, a washing machine, or even my own bed, I always had knowledge at my fingertips thanks to the library at my school. And not only that, but I also realized that that might be the only way I might be able to help my family. Although we do not all share, although we do not all share the same struggles and we haven't gone through the same hurdles throughout life, we do share some of the same sentiments. I know what it's like to be put down, to have your accomplishments and acknowledged, to feel powerless. So at this time, I would like to commend each and every single one of you here for persevering through your own challenges, for being the resilient human beings you have proven to be, and for not letting any obstacles stop you from getting here today. We all have struggles, struggles we want to face on our own behind closed doors because we know that if people were to discover them, we would be at our most vulnerable state and never looked at the same way. Well, after all of these years, I have finally mustered up the courage to stand before you and share a struggle I've had to deal with each and every day. Unexpected reality number three. I am one of the 11 million undocumented immigrants living in the shadows of the United States. I decided to stand before you today and reveal these unexpected realities because this might be my only chance to convey the truth to all of you that undocumented immigrants are people too. I was... I was hesitant to speak about this here today because of the great divide of opinions concerning the topic of immigration in America, but I feel like I owe it to all of you to be honest, and I owe it to myself. The most important part of the debate, and the part most often overlooked, is the fact that immigrants, undocumented or otherwise, are people too. People with dreams, aspirations, hopes, and loved ones. People like me people who have become a part of the American society and way of life and who yearn to help make America great again without the construction of a wall built on hatred and prejudice. We are here without official documentation because the U.S. immigration system is broken and it has forced many families to live in fear. 
I myself have been waiting seven years for my application to even be processed. So I hope that all of you leave here today knowing that we are trying to do it the right way, but we don't know how. I, I ask for all of you to try to look beyond the way in which the media portrays us and the dehumanizing accusations that some politicians have made. I ask for you to please keep your hearts open and try to find love and understand, the love and understanding that make us, makes us human. Because after all, we are people just like you. Well, I can't predict the future and tell you how successful you're all going to be. By sharing my, my story, I hope to convince all of you that if I was able to break every stereotype based on what I'm classified as, Mexican, female, undocumented, first generation, low income, then so can you. We do not have to let, let expectations become our reality. I am no expert in this journey we call life, but I am living proof that beating the system is possible. We do not have to conform to the limitations that others put on us. There will always be people that judge us and set expectations based on their preconceived ideas of who they think we are and who they think we should be. However, we have the ability to prove them wrong. In those moments when you need a reason to continue moving forward, close your eyes and picture yourself in the future saying, they told me I couldn't, so I did. Thank you. Very well spoken now, very well spoken. And, you know, as uh, as she was giving out those words, I was just being encouraged myself, you know, because a lot of times people go through life and they tell you that you can't be successful. Young people, I'm older, I'm a little wiser than a lot of you are, but only because of the process of time. And people tell you that you can't do anything, but yet you got to continue to go forward. you got to continue to strive. Don't let nobody tell you that you'll never be successful. You know, don't let nobody steal your dream from you. You know, during this time of pandemic and this COVID-19 virus, you know, uh, this world seems like it's on, on hold right now, but you still can be successful. I still want you to go and make plans. I still want you to pursue those futures. I still want you to have that dream, those dreams. And I want you to uh, follow through on those things there because, as I, you know, I have a face mask. And, and I didn't purchase it. Someone gave it to me. Just think, someone being creative in such a time as this. People are still writing books in such a time as this. People are still making plans in such a time as this. Young people, I want you to continue to go on, continue to go to school if need be, continue to pursue those jobs if need be. Things are a little different now, so you can have to, you have to adjust to the time. And guess what? You in the perfect time to do it right now. You know, I was just thinking about this is the best of time. These are the worst of time. Think about it. Think about it. Some of you are doing very well, and some of you may, may not think you're doing well, but you are because you're still here today. Now we'll see about bringing Brother Daniel in here. Good morning, Brother Daniel. Good morning. Brother Daniel still isn't with us there yet. Uh, he must have walked away from uh, the mic. So what we'll do is we'll just bring in another motivational speaker here. And we're just going to go on here. We're dedicating this oh, here portion hello? of our program. Yeah, Brother Daniel. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome, man. Uh, we had a couple of audio clips that we, pray, uh, that we played, man. We pray that you're being encouraged by what you heard, man, and that you have a word for our graduates at this time, man, because, you know, we can't have a traditional graduation, 
but we still can encourage them. We still can encourage ourselves and encourage our loved ones that's graduating at this time. Well, well, the so, first thing I want to, I want to do is uh, congratulate everybody that yeah that went through the twelve years of uh, going to school from the first time that your mom and your dad or whoever took you uh, to school and they basically dropped you off and they left you and it was like the you know the hardest thing you ever been through you know what I'm saying. I can remember the time when my mom and my dad and uh, my dad, my mom took me to school and I went back home. I beat up home. I didn't want to be at school. You know what I'm saying? Because it was just a, you know, it was just being away from my familiarity of being people that really, you know, I loved it, but at the same time, she was taking me somewhere to find me some more love through, you know, education, you know? And I mean, you know, it took me about a couple of, you know, days, you know, before I started, you know, blending in and getting around. Then before I knew, the years started passing on, and I got older, and things got a little bit tougher, and every level got tougher and tougher. And then finally, I got a chance to walk across that stage, you know what I'm saying? And when you walk across the, you know, that stage, it's one of the best feelings you ever could go through because... You know, just like, you know, when you walked into school, now you've been able to walk out and they're going to give you high accolade. You know what I'm saying? You know, everybody, all your parents, your grandparents, and everybody going to be looking at you and proud of you that, you that you made. And you got, but it's other plateaus you got to hit. That's just one step, you know? Just one step you go through, but basically you went through the major step, getting through those first twelve years of going through of schooling, you know. And and I, I and when I look at it, you know, my grandparents and a lot of your our older people, they never had a chance to go to school. You know what I'm saying? You know, you look at it, you know, a lot of a lot of older people had to work. They tried to go to school, but basically they had to take care of their kids, their family members, and they had to quit school. So basically that's why a lot of older people really look at it and they're very proud of what you have accomplished in life. That is so true, that brother. Dan. And, you know, you really hit on some things. I've come out that thing first step. That's many, many, many more are things that they have to achieve, but this is the first one. It let's you know if you accomplish this, if you were able to go through these here uh, uh, stages of life and, and come out on the other side and then have a dream and a vision that you too can be successful at the things that you put your mind and your heart to do, but you have to surround yourself with like-minded people. I, I'm thank you for bringing that up there, Brother Daniel, because, you know, uh, we can't do any of this apart from uh, uh, from each other and apart from God. I have another uh, motivational speaker that's going to come in here, and I want to share this here with you. Then we're going to close it out, Brother Daniel, uh, just to give our uh, young people the words of encouragement, just me and you here. And so we're, going to, we, we're coming up here with we got a, a speech here by Steve Harvey, and he's going to talk to us about being all you could be, you know. Before I get started, let me say something. And so I want you I'm to pay a close attention to this. But I'm an entry-level Christian. I, uh been through every level of life. I'm not a fake person. I am an imperfect soldier for Christ. That's what I am. Key word, 
imperfect. Where I started from was my father making $5 a day. I come from nothing. I had a severe stuttering problem throughout school. I flunked out of school. I'm on my third marriage. I lost everything I ever owned twice. I've been homeless and lived in a car for three years. My father was a coal miner. My father made $5 a day with five kids. I'm the youngest of five. A lot of you are young in this room. I want to teach you something that I learned that changed my life also. Everything that changed my life came from God. We talking about next level? I'm finna show you how to get there. I've been debating on how I was gonna do this, but I thought the best way to go about this is just tell you my story. And in my story, maybe you can see some of yourself. Listen, man, anybody can be successful, but you gotta understand something. It's hard. It's hard, man. You can take all the courses you want. It's hard. You can go down there to the church and hold your hands in a prayer circle. When you get through praying, it's going to be hard. You go to school, you can get all the degrees you want. When you get them degrees and you hang them on the wall, if you want to be successful, it's going to be hard. It's hard being successful. That's the first thing you need to understand. I was telling you that I lived in a car for three years. In my 30s, I was homeless. I was homeless based off of a decision I made. October 8th, 1985, I walked in a comedy club for the very first time. Never been in a comedy club, but I had been writing jokes for a dude taking my jokes going to a comedy club. He was paying me $10 for it. I had never been to a comedy club, had never heard of a comedy club. I was writing for a buddy of mine named A.J. Jamal. He would pay me 10 bucks a joke. One day, I was writing some jokes for him, and I was over his house to drop him off, and this girl named Gladys Jacobs came over to the house, and she said, you the dude that's writing the jokes for A.J. Jamal? I said, yeah. She said, he the funniest dude at the comedy club. I said, at the what? She said, he's the funniest dude at the comedy club. I'm 27. I've never heard of a comedy club. Now, all my life, I wanted to be on TV. I'm going to tell you that story a little bit later. But I just said, man, at the comedy club, she said, you should come. She said, why don't you tell the jokes yourself? Now, I'm thinking, I said, man, this could be what I've been asking God my whole life. See, some of you in this spot where you keep asking God, what do I do next? What's my next move? You know the hardest thing about your life? Trying to figure it out. Ain't that hard? (laughs) But do you know that you ain't supposed to do that? Do you know that God already designed you for a purpose in life? And if you would just simply ask God what it was, he could guide you to it, and the search for what I'm supposed to do would be over? But oh, no, we so busy figuring it out. I got news for you. How to do something? The how-to is none of your business. That's what I never knew. I was just wanting, man, to just be on TV since I was a little kid. And this girl said, come to the comedy club. So I go to the comedy club with her. She said, we're going to go Tuesday night 
I want you to sign up to perform next week. And then I want you to see how it go first. I said, cool. So I went, I walked in the comedy club, I signed up for the following week, and I sit down, supposed to be ten dudes performed. Nine of them went up. Now, I ain't laughed all night. She said, you're not laughing at none of these jokes. You know why? Because what they were doing was my actual gift. It was the thing I've been doing my whole life. So I wasn't laughing at their jokes because I knew everything they was going to say, and I knew everything they should have said where the joke would have really been funny. So I'm just sitting there just a student, man. So it got to the tenth guy, and they called his name, and nobody went up. And they called his name again. They said, well, looks like number ten isn't here. We're going to go to next week's list. Steve Harvey, come on up. I looked at that girl, Gladys. I said, it's crazy. I said, there's somebody in here got the same name I got. She said, you really can't be this stupid. She said, boy, that's you. I run up on stage, I ain't got nothing. First thing I say to the audience is, hey, I appreciate y'all clapping, but I ain't supposed to be here. I'm on next week's show. So the girl Gladys yells out, tell her about when you was boxing. So on the way down, I had told her this story about boxing. So I did the boxing joke. Mike Tyson loves to fight. Yeah, he don't care if it's in the ring or out the ring, man or woman. Mike just wants to get it on. And if you don't think that's true, you just ask that heavyweight fighter Mitch Green. These, these people was in the flow laughing. So then I didn't have nothing else, so I had wrote some jokes for my buddy A.J. Jamal that I hadn't sold to him yet. So I said, well, hell, let me try these. So I did them jokes. They died laughing. They brought me off stage. They brought all ten of us up on stage. They had a clap-off. That night, I won the clap-off. I won amateur night, October 8, 1985. They paid me $50. I get in the car. I'm 40 minutes from my house. Gladys is driving me home. I'm crying the entire time. I can't stop crying. She said, what you crying for? It's just $50. No, you don't understand. This ain't $50. I've been born tonight. This ain't $50. This is God answering a prayer of mine that I've been praying for 20 years. This ain't $50. This is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. I went to work the next day, October 8th, 1985 and quit my job. I have done nothing since October 8th, 1985, except one thing. I've been telling these here jokes. That's all I've ever done. That gift that God gave me. You know, the Bible says your gift will make room for you. It'll make room for you. See, if you're not doing your gift, you're wasting your time. Your gift will make room for you. You got to identify your God-given gift. If you don't identify your gift, you're going to waste your time. Telling jokes is my gift. So even as a motivational speaker, I use my gift. Nothing's more boring 
than sitting up listening to somebody talk for 45 minutes and you ain't last in 45 minutes. Listen, if I want to, I could turn this into a comedy show. I promise everybody in here be throwing up. If I want to. 1968, came off school off of a summer vacation. I'm 10 years old. The assignment the teacher had was everybody in the school class write your name on a piece of paper and what you want to be when you grow up. I wrote on my paper, I want to be on TV. That's what I wrote. That lady said, turn in your paper. She asked, she went around the room, called everybody's name up. You had to stand while she read your paper. She read off everybody's name. She saved me for last. She said, little Stevie, come to the front. I'm thinking, okay, this is it. I ain't never had a gold star in school in my life. I've never been recognized for academic achievements in my life. I've never got an award of any kind in my life. Here I come. Little Stevie coming to the front. I got a belt that's too big. It's tied around me twice. They used to call me Tater Chip in school because I was shaped like a potato chip. <laughs> and I walked up there, and I'm standing in front of class. Now, I told you a minute ago I had a severe stuttering problem in school. I could not talk outside of my house. I stuttered severely. I thought this woman was going to give me a gold star because I figured nobody else in the class had wrote, I want to be on TV but me. So mine must be the best answer of all of them. So I'm standing up there, and that lady started in on me. She didn't call me up there to give me no gold star. She called me to the front to humiliate me, and that lady did me. She said, why did you put something like this on your paper? Now, you called me to the front. You know I have a stuttering problem. You know I can't talk. So she started, why did you write this on your paper? I, 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 who in your family ever been on TV? I, 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 who in this school ever been on TV? I, 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 who in this neighborhood has ever been on television? I, I, I. She said, why would you write something like that on your paper and look at you standing there, you can't even talk? I was crushed. Why would you write that on your paper? You can't even talk. This is a teacher. You're supposed to be shaping and molding my mind. We pay you to educate. Why would you write something like that on your paper? You'll never be on TV. Every Christmas, I send her a flat screen TV. We're going to go ahead and end it right there. Oh, man, what a great motivational speaker there. That's Mr. Steve Harvey, a comedian, motivational speaker, and all around good person. He, taught, he told us something about his life, how he was on the verge of, of, of breaking, of, of giving up. You know, you're living in a car, you, you're jobless, and things ain't going right, but yet you still have this gift. And he said that your gift will make room for you. Young people, as we think about, 
your, as you think about your future, just realize that your gift will make room for you. And I pray that you enjoyed our program today. We're going to bring Brother Daniel in as we get ready to close out this program here. And, again, uh, you'll listen to Free on the Inside Ministry. Brother Daniel. Yeah. Uh, 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 what's up? <laughs> <Swing>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'm going to say that for last. <laughs> I can identify with Brother Harvey, man. You know, that's another thing about education. You know, a lot of people have been embarrassed, man, when you go to school. You know, I know a lot of people wouldn't even go to school, um, Brother Lewis, because they didn't have decent clothes. You know what I'm saying? They didn't have clothes, and they didn't want to be embarrassed by the kids. You know, and the kids embarrass you when you go into school because you – had the same clothes on all week, and, you know, and your hair was nappy, and, and you couldn't cut your hair, you know what I'm saying? It's just, you know, kids are real rude sometimes, but like I said before, once you make it through all that time, you wind up, and, and you go to high school, and you graduate, and then some people go to the military, some people go to trade school. Some people go to uh, uh, college. They go to college, you know what I'm saying? And then some people, like Brother Steve Harvey, they go and they take the, what God give them, the natural ability to do things, to, to communicate. And that's basically what it is. You know how to communicate. And you use these talents and you make it. You make it big. That man's a mere multimillionaire. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, I, I, I remember Brother Dan. I, I remember Brother Dan when we were going to school and uh, the internet had just came out with computers and things, and people were taking typing classes. And we being the athletes and the jocks, we would say, "Oh man, I ain't taking no computer class. That's for a woman." Little did I know that computers were going to be dominating society today. Little did I know that it was going to be a gift to be able to type. I ended up having to have people to type stuff out for me at one time because I didn't know how to type. I didn't know how the keys were structured mm. on a keyboard here. And those same people that we were laughing at then, uh, then are entrepreneurs and teachers and educators and, and telling other people how to uh, how to uh, uh, use their gifting. And so, young people, don't be mindful of people that are not accepting you for where you are. I'm saying don't be mindful, don't dwell on it too long here because as you go out and you start pursuing the things that's dear to your heart, as Steve Harvey said, that he only did one thing. And you know what? You could be successful in doing the thing that you enjoy doing. That's what success is. You don't have to make a lot of money. But if I enjoy working on cars, I could be successful. If I enjoy working on computers, I could be successful. If I enjoy just teaching, I could be successful. Not the success that comes from this world, but the success that comes from you. Yes. Amen. And that's the same thing about me and music. You know, they used to tell me that I used to want to be the the best trumpet players. I used to kind of laugh at some of these musicians. I used to see how I say, man, yeah, like he got an ego, man, you know what I'm saying? But that's what it takes in order for you to, you know, uh, be in this field because there's a lot more people that have this ability like you have. And it's like a, it's like a, a challenge every day. It's just like, it's like, I would say, it's like you're going in the old West, you know, you say you the best gun. I'm the best gun in the world. And then every time where do you go, every city you go with, somebody's challenging you. You know, 
It was the same yeah. thing about yeah. these guys with martial arts. You know, that's what that was one of Bruce Lee's biggest uh, problems he had. Everywhere he go, everybody challenged him. I hear you the best in town. I want to, I want to challenge you. You know, all his life, but he was the best. And when yeah. you're the best, everybody's looking for you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and we want our young people. I, I see what you're saying. We want our young people to be the best at whatever they decide to do. And whatever they decide to do, that's they do it until the Lord will be successful. God knows exactly mm-hmm. what he has for you to do. But as, as uh, and it's been stated by all our motivational speakers today that you have to pursue those things. That you can't give up. And you can't let someone talk you out of your dreams and go, Brother Daniel, we have a whole list of uh, uh, speakers this morning that we have picked up off the Internet. And we thank God for uh, the ability to share that. During this time where we can't go out and do a traditional graduation, we want our young people to know that we honor them and we respect them and we praying for great things to happen through, the, uh, through them and for them, and not only for them but also for their family. I want the young people to give back, to be able to give back to their family, give back to the community. I want these young people to be encouraged. Our first speaker was Mr. Denzel Washington, and he said one thing that was very poignant, and we all know that he said you never uh, – uh, what he said, that you can't take it with you when you go. And, you know, all the wealth, all the fame, the reputation is going to be left behind. When you die, you die. It's just like a, having a, uh, a, 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 a Brinks truck falling in behind a hearse. That will never happen. So, young people, uh, be kind, be gentle, be thoughtful of the people that you encounter today. The scripture said, be careful who you entertain because you may be entertaining angels unawarely. God may be sending you some help. That doesn't look like you. That doesn't sound like you. But it's a, uh, but yet you need to be very mindful of those things, there, no, Brother Daniel, yeah, I want to thank you for uh, for tuning in once again. Yeah, you know, Brother Lewis, I was that's another thing I was looking. At. I was looking at today. I was looking at a uh, brother. Uh, uh, you know, he he passed last week. Uh, 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 they called him Little Richard. You know, but really his name was Richard Wayne Timmerman. You know, and he was like, uh, and and he and I was watching his live story and how he was talking about how he he couldn't do nothing. The only thing he could do was sing one song, and out of that one song, he got to be a multi-millionaire. And a lot of people thought he didn't have a lot of money, but even though they took his money away, Rev. Lewis, he got his money back. God gave his money back. You know, because he never gave up. Even though he went through opposition, even though he went through sickness, and later on, you know, uh, God kind of, you know, kind of slowed him down in order for him to accept God in his life. You know what I'm saying? And, and a lot of people yeah. see that, that maybe maybe sickness has a purpose. Everything in life has a purpose. I wasn't saying that God gives sickness, but basically sickness sometimes brings you closer to God. And basically it slows you down and makes you hear him. Like we've been talking all month, Brother Revolution, how this cultural virus has basically slowed people down and made them hear his voice and pay attention. And that is so true. Hey. But then we're getting ready to get on out of here. And we're going to play this musical selection about 
Marvin Sapp to say that he saw the best in me. I want our young people to know that God saw the best in them. And he honored their, their request by graduation. Uh, graduation and also allowed them to have a dream and a vision. Steve Harley made it so clear here that it says that God knows the plans he have for you, to prosper you, to do you no harm, and to bring about an expected end. God knows the beginning from the end, so he saw the best of you. So enjoy, enjoy your time of celebration, but yet there's work to be done. Young people, I ask you to put your hands to the plow. That means to pursue those things in the midst of what's going on in society today. I want you to still pursue your career, still pursue jobs, still do the thing that, that God put to your hand and your heart to do and be successful because God knows the beginning from the end. You're listening to another great episode of Free on the Inside Ministry. Um, ministry hosts, Brother Joel Lewis and Brother Richard Daniel. Gracious Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for another day that's not promised to us. Dear Lord, as we think about our graduates up on this year, 2020, we thank you, dear Lord. We thank you for those young men and women that completed this portion of their life. Dear Lord, let them not look back over this as a sad time, as a joyful time. Let them use their creativity to bring about a, a, a comfort and security to this world. Dear Lord, these young men and women, uh, they are, uh, at the, they've been born in the right time and in the right situation. We have doctors, we have lawyers, we have scientists that's in our very midst, dear Lord. Let them use their gift, dear Lord, for the betterment of humanity, dear Lord. And as they look back over this in the past, they say, thank you, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, dear Lord, we ask you to watch over them. Watch over all of us in California, your holy name. And we promptly give you the praise and the glory. We pray this name, this in the name of Jesus Christ, who's the Lord and Savior, forever and ever. Amen. Mm-hmm.
Lord help us in here. Because there are some folk in here that people have wrote you off. Said you would never amount to anything. Said that you would never end up being anywhere. But Myron, tell him one more time. What did he say? It's all the When Mama said you would never be nothing. When aunties and uncles said that you would never amount to anything. When Daddy didn't come home anymore. He never looked at you and said that you ain't going to make it. God looked at you and what did he say? What did he say?